Welcome back, What's Waters. So last week we shared part one of our Dreamforce recap from the industry advisor team. And this week we are joined by the same cast of characters. That would be Sarah, Celeste, Nino, Justin, Devin, Kimberly, and Lindsay, who will share more of their top takeaways and themes from Dreamforce. Enjoy. So let me actually um, kind of turn this around uh, on all of you. So I'm curious, what were some of the top themes that stuck with you throughout the week as you were either listening or talking or presenting? Well, I'll jump in on that one, Matt. It was amazing. Um, not just the replace annoying with simplicity, but it totally tied back <laughs> to so many retailers really talking about empowering their employees and associates to best support the consumer. I mean, that was an overwhelming theme across so many of the sessions um, that really resonated. And it was great to hear them understanding and embracing that. When they bring modern technology and easy processes and the right data to their frontline associates, it truly is impacting productivity. And that's so exciting to know that we can help drive that. It's so interesting, Lindsay, there was this, this stat that we actually were using that said only 20% of, well, say frontline, to use your term, employees feel like they actually have the right technology to be able to collaborate and also work with customers seamlessly. So to your point, the importance of that and the companies that are figuring it out and doing it and investing in it are really seeing the, the impact. Absolutely. Kimberly, what I, do you think? Yeah, no, I would love to jump in. I was just really impressed um, with all of the conversation around holiday readiness. And um, I think it's easy for us at times to kind of you know, we're in these conversations with customers, but we're also looking at these trends and thinking about what the future means. But the truth is like our customers are living and breathing it every day with their shoppers. They know their shoppers incredibly well. So it was really interesting to hear about holiday and hear about how um, they're figuring out how to leverage technology in the best way to be prepared for it. Some of them actually said they're turning off different elements of technology to make sure they can keep um, you know, the priorities in the business, the business afloat. Um, so it was just very interesting, but I think I was just shocked at how, how prepared everyone seemed for holiday as much as they could be. And also kind of their confidence going into it. Like we've, we've got this, we're going to figure it out. We're going to flex, we're going to do what we need to do, but you know, we're going to get through it. And we've gotten through hard, um, retail seasons, you know, very recently too. So, um, there just seemed to be such an optimism and such kind of a, like, let's go attitude, um, and I just thought it was really inspiring. That is really inspiring, especially when you think about all the news we hear at the macro level, right? About the economy and inflation and recession. Mm -hmm. So uh, this is these two industries, I would say, are incredibly resilient and incredibly tough. So um, you know, when there are bear markets, there are also bull markets that follow. So it's definitely uh, great to hear that people were so optimistic and at least so focused, right, on what they're going to do to make it work. So that's awesome. So, Nino, I know you were kind of all over the place as well. I'd love to get some insights from some of the brands and retailers that you were talking to. So clearly three things for me. Number one, data, data, data. So it's getting increasingly important to connect your uh, different data points as a retailer or a brand. And CRM is, is turning into a heavy, heavy data play that is being used and leveraged by the marketeers. So I would say this is moving a little bit also away from IT and being not so much an integration topic anymore that is somewhere buried in, uh, in IT, but rather something that sits in a marketing function 
and where the marketeer wants to be in full charge and control to activate to activate that data. So it's not just about insights and analytics, it's about actionability of the data. And my highlight was clearly the innovation keynote where we introduced Genie, our real-time CDP. Number two, customer uh, retention and loyalty. I think it was very, very obvious and in many customer conversations I had uh, that uh, companies invest more and more energy, time and money into retention and keeping your customers as opposed to investing money, time and energy over and over again in the same customers to acquire them. Uh, and I really like the L'Oreal demo in the main keynote. You should watch it. Uh, great demo that showed how to retain consumers. And number three, Web3 uh, is, is moving more and more in the center stage, especially of the brand world. And uh, in my opinion, they don't really care about the crypto winter or anything like that. They're really interested into, uh, uh, into understanding how CRM gets transformed in a Web3 world, how to use and leverage tokens and NFTs to redefine a consumer-to-brand relationship. And my favorite example and also launched during Dreamforce was Scotch & Soda, uh, our first NFT cloud pilot customer. All right, so let's flex or pivot, I guess is probably the right way to say that, <laughs> over to the consumer goods team. So Justin, what do you got? Yeah, I think the biggest thing for me was my week was full of uh, either discussions with customers like Kimberly Clark or or uh, Foley Family Wines, which you definitely need to get Liz Lise McCaffrey from Foley Family Wines on one of these podcasts. She's amazing. Yes. Um, <laughs> and even my conversation with Yeti, which we'll talk a little bit more about, was all about personalization. Um, of course, there's all the buzz, all, all the buzz around Genie too, but people are really trying to figure out uh, really how to even get started with collecting data and then you know what they need to do from a systems perspective to be able to action on that. Uh, all those de that data that they collect. So uh, personalization was the, the theme of the few days uh, for me. It's interesting, to, uh, Justin, listening to you. And I think it was definitely something I'm curious if other people felt this way or heard this, but I think sometimes we can get into a little bit of an echo chamber because what we talk about in the world we live in is really about advancement and innovation and all these different things that are seemingly should be table stakes, but just some of the basic block and tackling, like you were saying, Justin, about getting the data and how you use the data and what you do with that and for personalization. A lot of companies, not the, they're not the starting point, but they are trying to figure out the building blocks um, versus like, you know, getting to like stage 22. And I think that's great sometimes to have those conversations where we realize where people really are and how we can actually help them from where they are, not where we'd like them to be. Yeah, absolutely. At the end of the day, it's all about being able to deliver a superior experience for the consumer and, and people obviously understand the importance of that and how, and, and they're starting to really understand and, and oftentimes get passed by their peers if, if they're not doing things like this. So uh, it's really great to see that conversation really keep bubbling up and, and uh, people getting advancing their ways of working to be able to really tackle this. And yeah. at the end of the day, you know, it drives incremental sales. So um, obviously in, a, in a, an environment where there's uh, a lot of inflation and, and growth is hard to come by, delivering profitable growth through better marketing and through personalized marketing is, is obviously a win for yeah, everyone. Absolutely. Devin, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Over to you, my friend. No, not at all. Uh, you know, I noticed the same personalization trend, but I won't beat your head on that. Although if you had a chance to stop by the L'Oreal booth and uh, 
try on some virtual lipstick shades. Everyone who knows my LinkedIn knows that's one of my favorite activities. Um, maybe too you know, much. <laughs> maybe, maybe a little bit. I don't know. I is it ever too much? Really? No, no, no. You got you know, beauty is uh, beauty is very important. Um, but no, I, I think B2B excellence really jumped out to me. And we talk a lot about how companies really are working on this connected front office, right? And sales route to market optimization, driving profitable growth has been a huge theme from this, from both Mondelez in the keynote, but also PepsiCo. And so, you know, we talked about what Mondelez did. PepsiCo built a guided selling app that really focuses just around innovation. And Matt, you talked about how it has to work with what you do in the real world. They just did one process, right? Their mm. new item selling process all the way from the top of their organization down to the merchandiser who's setting up the display in the store. And they digitized that in an app. They saw a 16% increase in innovation performance. Wow, that's amazing. That's huge. Wow. And so I think there's so much opportunity for other trailblazers to jump into this, but I was really inspired by what we learned from our trailblazers, Mondelez and PepsiCo, and what the results that they saw were in an environment that is extremely challenging. That is so cool. And thank you for sharing that. And I think it actually kind of tees up what I would love to kind of put out there as the next question for you guys, which is, you know, Devin just talked about two customers that did amazing things. And so we had, I feel like we had so many of those types of customer stories that we were hearing. And I'm curious, like, what were some of your favorites? Well, I'll jump in. I know, I mean, we've talked about Casey's and yes, it's a convenience store that sells pizza. It's actually the, one of the number one sellers of Fireball too. Fun fact, if anybody ever wants. <laughs> well, there's a, there's a fun fact for oh, you. Oh, Lindsay, why do you know that? <laughs> <laughs> because they shared it in the presentation. It was a big takeaway for me. Um, one of the other things that they shared that was just so compelling, uh, Art Sebastian, the VP of Digital Experience, when he was talking about their use of CDP, he said, as we move to segment and marketing, we're seeing higher open rates, click-through rates, and additional open rates, and ultimately sales. I mean, I don't know anything that sums it up better than that. That's the power, right? Of actually giving people the relevant targeted message, right? Like yeah. I want to open it if it's actually really relevant to me. So that's, that's an awesome quote. I love that. Yeah. And that's a great segue into my other takeaway. Um, Cracker Barrel did a partner presentation. Um, and my favorite one-liner from these guys is if you're not serving the guest, you should be serving someone who is. Service is part of our <laughs> I DNA. I know, right? I and love we that. need to change our employee experience. I mean, literally their VP of app development and enterprise architecture is caring about the employee experience. I loved it. I loved it. That's a keeper. You know, I'll, I'll jump in here. So this is not going to be uh, a stats conversation or even a product conversation. Maybe my favorite customer story was about an implementation. And so we had Rich Products on stage. They're a 77-year-old company. We had Ted Rich uh, of the Rich family on stage talking about how they implemented. And they built a center of excellence where IT and business work together. And I will tell you, I think if you're not serving the guests, serving the serving someone who is, um, Rich talked all about how they needed to build a center of excellence where they could have uh, an organization that could help drive their transformation, right? Because just putting the tech in place is not going to be the end all be all. 
Um, and so they built that center of excellence and then they put in place a very strategic crawl, walk, run where they rolled things out as the organization was ready for them, right? They rolled out a minimum viable product to a small team. They piloted it. They went super deep on what they needed to build in each stage so that their organization, which is 77 years old and has lots of people who've been around for 20 or 30 years could bite off what we were building with them, right? And so I thought that was really fascinating in a time of rapid transformation and change. How do you go slow to go fast? I love that. It's funny. We I was um, uh, hosting this uh, CEO roundtable on one of the days and this question came up around how fast is the implementation of solutions and so the conversation moved to this idea of well it all kind of depends on you right if the organization is ready to digest and implement the solution it can move a lot faster and i think it's a version of what you're saying right devin which is it's not just about the products it's about actually being able to actually kind of absorb and actually successfully put those things in place and that requires a lot of change management and a lot of process within the organization. 100%. Or as the kids say, hundo P. Oh boy. <laughs> which, well, <laughs> I won't ask which kids. Um, Justin, what do you got, my friend? I know you have something you want to talk about too, I'm sure. Yeah, let me just kind of brush that last one off. And like, I know, get, seriously, get, 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 a segue. But um, <laughs> yeah, my favorite one was, uh, what stuck out to me was, was Yeti. First and foremost, I love the brand. I've, of, uh, I have so many Yeti products leading up to this session that I love with them. I try to count it out. I think I lost track. Like even my dog has multiple Yeti products. So um, it was fun for me <laughs> just because it's it's a brand I love, but really hearing how they and why they chose Salesforce for their commerce platform uh, really went a few clicks deeper than, than I was imagining. It was more, it was less about delivering uh, right now and really thinking about things in the future, like how um, needing to partner with someone like a Salesforce that can deliver against uh, future trends and, and ways of shopping like AR, like um, different payment methods and things of that nature that really drove their decision to choose Salesforce. And hearing them talk about it from the, from the customer's perspective was, was really interesting for me and uh, something I really enjoyed. Very, very cool. And I also got to see you do that that presentation. So another fanboy moment. Um, okay. All right. So, so let's do a quick lightning round to kind of wrap this all up. So everybody, what was your top takeaway thinking about what's on the minds of our customers? As you were talking to people, um, what would you say like some of you are like, oh, wow, yeah, definitely heard that. Or that really made an impression on me as to what our customers are thinking right now. Let's go around the horn. Devin? I will say digitizing B2B activities so you can collect information and identify opportunities for improvement. Awesome. Kimberly. Um, I would say connecting the dots across the different teams that you need to be leveraging to implement things. And I think it's both your internal teams, like do I have the right people in the room and, and are we ready to push things forward? But then also just the power of being back in person and connecting the dots between different partners um, and, you know, implementation partners, ISVs, whatever they might need. Um, it was great to see so many connections happening during that time um, during Dreamforce as well. Love it. All right, Lindsay, you. For me, it was all about transforming the employee experience with modern technology. 
It's music to my ears. <laughs> love it. Love it. And I love how succinct that was. Justin, what do you got? Yeah, I'll go back to what I said earlier. It's a, it was about delivering a personalized consumer experience that's that's better and differentiated relative to the competition and, and really figuring out where they need to start and and what they need to do with that information that they collect. Very cool. Celeste, what do you got? Um, profitability. So how retailers can drive efficiencies and I'm going to use the word again, remove annoying experiences for employees and customers. Awesome. Sarah. All right. I had a lot of customers who were really proud of what they're doing with their digital transformation and pretty envious of the spotlight. Some other companies were getting so top of their mind was, Hey, how do I get on stage? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Amazing. Maybe we, should do, maybe we should do more of these. Well, there are only 1,300 or 1,700 sessions, so we should be able to figure out how to fit some of them in there, hopefully. Uh, Nino, what do you got? So I think top takeaway for me in the minds of our customers was clearly efficiency. In those challenging times, I think everybody's worried about the upcoming holiday season and uh, how war in Ukraine develops, how energy prices develop, how inflation develops, how consumer spend develops. I think there's so much uncertainty right now in the market and uh, the, 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 the company's minds and nobody really knows uh, where this is going. So everybody is, is, is kind of trying to be efficient and, uh, and uh, do smart investments. Okay. All right. And then I will uh, round this out by just sharing, you know, I think this idea of like focus and governance. So I mentioned earlier that uh, the CEO roundtable that I was part of, and these are from all industries, by the way, it wasn't just a retail and consumer goods one. Um, there was so much conversation around how do you get your teams at the senior levels focused on what's important and where investments should be placed for the company, not only for the department. And the, the key kind of, I think, um, linchpin was that the CEO had to be involved and it had to be something that was done on a very regular basis. So for example, this one company was doing it every two weeks. It wasn't once a quarter. And that really helped them to put out what was on the table and what were they going to invest in. And I think it really led to a lot of conversation about this idea of governance. So a lot of amazing takeaways, a lot of similar conversations, and a lot of really great themes that came out of Dreamforce. I think we can all agree it was a pretty inspiring uh, week. I think Kimberly, like you said a couple of times, just being in person just also was such a wonderful, um, I think, uh, change, but also mm-hmm. I think allowed us to have deeper conversations, especially as industry people, we could really talk that kind of talk the talk and really get into what are they really thinking about? What do they really need? And I think one of the things that I walked away with too, and Devin, you and I were talking about this, which is part of our job is to really listen and to really ask the right questions and to seek to understand before being understood. And I think, you know, how do we figure out how to do more of that as a total organization to really understand where people are, where they want to go and how we can help them to get there. So thank you guys for your incredible insights and thank you all, our entire IA team for doing just an amazing job at Dreamforce. It was a small but mighty team. And we actually met with uh, over four hundred individual executives mm-hmm. from brands and retailers in that three days we were there. So no I know. wonder I'm still tired. <laughs> I <know>. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It was a true test wow. of your vocal cords. I know it's yeah. pretty amazing. So thank you all. And uh, everyone else, thanks for joining the what's what and hope you guys have a great week. Talk to you all soon. Bye. That's all folks. Now it's your turn. And we would love to hear what your top takeaways and sessions were from Dreamforce or Salesforce Plus. 
So please feel free to head on over to the RCG Advisor Corner Slack channel and share away. Looking forward to hearing what really made you smile during Dreamforce. Talk soon.